It's good to be in the house of the Lord on Easter Sunday, is it not? I think every Sunday is amazing, but this Sunday is uh, just a little extra special, and I'm really grateful that you would come and worship with us today. The title of the message today is Desiring Jesus, and um, some of us are here today because we want more of Jesus in our life. I think that's great. Um, I was texted this morning by someone that uh, people were desiring to know Jesus, and they went to a service and they were gunned down this morning because they wanted to hear more about Jesus Christ. So there are those that don't want more of Jesus. Not everybody wants Jesus in their life. And partly I understand. Have you ever been around somebody who's perfect? Just doesn't do anything wrong. They're annoying. <laughs> At least they don't think they do anything wrong, right? If you're like, no, I've never been around that person, then hands up, you are them. <laughs> Sorry, true confessions in church. John 14, 6, and Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That seems narrow. That seems confident to me. So, not everybody is excited about being around that kind of person. Let's read John 3. I'm going to start in verse 1. I know we read some of this last week, but I'm going to start in verse 1, and let's see what Jesus says. To a guy who's desiring to know more, Nicodemus, and maybe even those who are like, eh, Jesus, Shmesish, I don't know if I'm really here for that. I'm here for someone else. Maybe even someone will understand today, their eyes will be open to who Jesus really is, and that would be awesome. John chapter 3, verse 1, now there was a man of the Pharisees, the do-gooders, named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Did he even answer his question? He must think he's perfect. Nicodemus said to him, How can these how can a man, how can it be, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? That's ridiculous. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, repentance, and the spirit, God himself, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. You're here today. Praise God. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. I pray that for every one of us, again today or for the first time. Do not marvel. Don't be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind, think about the wind. It blows wherever it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it was going. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. It just happens. Boom. You just believe one day that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died for your sin. And then you start getting up and doing crazy things. If you're here and you're like, what are they doing? That's what you do. You'll know it when you know it, and that's the kind of thing you'll do. Just saying. Sometimes I can't contain myself because Jesus has done so much for me. And I just go with the Spirit, the wind. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? You can see the distorted face, the frustration right there. 
Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen. But you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things, birth, wind, and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? We'll talk about the cross in heaven. No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, Numbers 21, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. That whoever believes in him might have eternal life. Great, great statement. Now what? We've got to eternal life. Now what? Well, here's where it is. Verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, do you, do you hear that in your head? That like murmuring of like... <laughs> Yeah, because you've read the verse like a million times. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Is this the greatest verse of all time? Do people hold it up at sporting events? Do people put it under their eye? Is this the most quoted, most known, you don't even have to know it's from the Bible and you think John 3.16 is cool? The answer is yes. I'll read it again. For God, just God at the beginning, so loved this world that he gave his only son, one and only, that whoever believes in him, his name's Jesus, should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light. Because of their works, they are evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that the works have been carried out in God. So, wow, you might say, if you're coming back to church or here for the first time, wow. Still seems like Jesus or the highway. Must be his way or the highway. That's what you're talking about, right? The words perish, the words condemn, the words judge, the words exposure, exposing my sin. Ah! I knew I shouldn't have come today. It's just the same old self-righteous, do better. You're too good for everyone else mentality. That's what you're going to preach about. Nope. That's not it. And my hope is that you would leave here with a different perspective. That's not this church. Um, here's the glasses that I want you to put on. I have written on the sides, 
love, and grace. And when you get home today, just so you can remember this message, I want you to write on one side, love, and then the other side, grace. Because last week we learned that we have to put on the glasses of grace. We learned that, man, those kind of hurt your eyes, don't they? Ooh, freaking you out. Last week we put on the glasses of grace. And we learned that it's not about being good enough. You'll never be good enough. You'll never be good enough. Stop trying. Grace covers your sin. Relax into that grace. And this week we're going to talk about love. The glasses of love. You need to put those on because when you see perish, you want to run. When you see condemnation, you want to run. When you see judgment, you want to run. When you see exposure, you want to run. I want to run. But we want to look at this passage in a different light today. And so, last week, deciphering Jesus, Nicodemus still confused about Jesus. Is he good enough? Am I good enough? Versus grace. And this week... We're talking about love, not condemnation. Everybody say to your neighbor, not condemnation. If you walk out of here today and you think to yourself, he just condemned me. This is all about condemnation. He told me I wasn't good enough. He told me I had to do dot, 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 dot. Or I wouldn't be what Jesus would love. That's not happening today. Not here. Look at verse 16. This is the greatest verse of all time. The goat. That's what they call it. You guys know this, right? Well, Devin Hester knows it because this is a helmet. Right? Come on now. Who's a Chicago Bears fan? All right. Now, there's a couple uh, people that are very upset with me right now. I bought this not for myself. I want you to know that. I'm a Vikings fan. But I bought this for a man. Um, a young man in my life that I love very dearly, and uh, he really liked it just because it said the GOAT. It has Devin Hester's autograph, and it says, kick return, punt return, G-O-A-T, greatest of all time. Maybe. But I guarantee you, these are maybe, no, not maybe, are the greatest words ever written ever spoken, for God so loved the world, God include yourself there, that he gave his only son, that's Jesus, that whoever, what a great invitation, whoever's here hearing me, whoever believes in him should not perish, let's not die, we're all going to die, you know that, right? Perish is we're all eternal beings. Parish is you keep living in a state of separation from God. You will wish you could die, but that's not what parish is. It's worse. Should not, not, you might want to circle that, not perish. This is about not perishing today, but have eternal life. So I want to just walk through the greatest verse of all time with you, and I just want you to write down a few things. I'm going to give you the outline, then I'm going to go back through the passage real quick. Uh, here they are. For God. Just think about this. Because God. That's what he's saying. Who's the greatest being of all time? God. Who's the reason you exist? God. Who was here before it all existed? God. You could study so much. I didn't do it. I, this is the part of the message I forgot to do. I didn't study all the stats of how God is amazing. You go do that. He's amazing. This wouldn't come from a big bang. The bigger it is, the more likely it is to come from a bang, right? This is a pretty big world. It must have come from a big 
bang? No. It must have come from a big God. And he's way bigger than you can comprehend. Because God, the greatest being, who's the greatest being that human being that ever walked the earth? Mother Teresa? Kendall Cones? Come on. I mean, I think most of us, if we took a vote, would probably say, Jesus. He's God. Not only the greatest being, but the greatest human being of all time. God. Because God, this is why we should desire Jesus. Because God, here's the greatest action, loves me. The greatest verse includes the greatest being, God, and it also includes the greatest action, love. God loves me. God loves you. That's why he sent Jesus. That's the greatest sacrifice. He gave his only son. Slow down, professor. The greatest being is God. The greatest action is love. The greatest sacrifice is gave his only son. This all from the greatest verse of all time. The greatest opportunity, whoever believes. That's the greatest opportunity. You have an opportunity today to believe what I'm saying. Now, you could choose to disbelieve, and that's fine. Nicodemus was kind of hung up until, go read it, John chapter 19. When instead of being like, see, I told you, Jesus is a nobody. He was actually bearing Jesus because he knew that at that point that he was God. Go read it. John 19. What a great opportunity you have today, I have today, whoever believes. And so because God loves me, because God gave Jesus for me, because God asks me to believe, whoever believes. God asks me to believe it's true, not a lie, not a fairy tale somebody made up. The greatest gift, eternal life. Write it down. The greatest gift, eternal life. All this from the greatest verse, Number four, he offers me life forever. He offers me life forever. But you can't get hung up on all that. Here's the last thing. The greatest surprise. The greatest verse contains the greatest surprise. And it's not that he loves you. It's not that he gave Jesus for you. It's not that he offers you eternal life. The greatest surprise is that there's no condemnation. That as we believe, no one that believes will perish. That's the greatest surprise. There's no like, I got to do a little bit to be better. There's no like, if I knew the secret handshake, this would be easier. The greatest surprise is that God wants to carry me home to heaven to be with him. When God was carrying his cross, he was thinking about you. When God was hanging on the cross, He had you in mind. And his thoughts weren't, why do I have to do this for Ron? His thoughts weren't, why do I have to do this for Jeremy? His thoughts were, I love Jeremy. I love Ron. 
I love Wendy. How surprising that there is no condemnation, even in death. All these things, the greatest verse of all time. I'll say them again just so you have them all. The greatest being is God. The greatest action is love. The greatest sacrifice, God gave his only son. The greatest opportunity, whoever believes. The greatest gift, eternal life. And the greatest surprise, that there's no condemnation. That's the greatest verse of all time. Let's go home. But he doesn't leave it right there. Do you see? There's just a little bit more. Verse 17 through 21, we want to study those as well. Because this is the following application. This is how you apply the greatest verse of all time. So here's what it says. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Good clarity. It's what I've been saying the whole time. This is not about condemning you. Thanks for coming to church. No condemnation. You won't hear that here today. Great clarity. What did Jesus come to do? It says it right in the verse. Maybe you can find it. That the world might be, what does it say? Saved, rescued. If you need to be rescued, then you've probably fallen and you can't get up. Right? That implies that. So what do I need to be saved from? Well, verse 18 offers a little more clarity. And I want to say it this way. God sent Jesus not to condemn us of sin, but to save us from sin. Now, look at verse 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Woohoo! It should read, not condemned any longer. Because you were. But... Well, I guess he does say that, just not the way that it's clear to me. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. In the name. He gives it away there. See, John's writing a book. If you go back and read chapter 1, we've already studied it. The name is Jesus. He says Jesus is the one that brings grace and truth. Jesus is the one that brings grace upon grace. He says it around verse 14. So John, in writing this book, for all to believe, says, believe in the name of the only Son of God. Believe in Jesus. But did you pick up on what I picked up on? Condemned already. So yes, you walked in here. No condemnation not going to condemn you. But I don't want to be a liar. When you walked in, when you got up this morning, when you were born, when you were in your mom's womb, you were condemned already. Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to turn back and just read it for you so you can see it clearly. I don't want to leave you hanging on why I'm saying such hard things to hear. Genesis chapter 3 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. We know that the serpent was indwelled by Satan. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of the tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, to Satan himself, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit in the tree 
that is in the middle of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. That was a lie, by the way. They did die that day, spiritually. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. We couldn't handle good and evil. God can. And as soon as our eyes were opened, all we did was run to the evil continually. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. Don't forget about desiring Jesus. Your relationship with God is on the line. Wish somebody could have yelled that out to her, Adam. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, doofus. Say something. Quit being passive. Lead already. And he ate as well. And the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed, they began to cover themselves. Isn't that crazy? Sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound, literally, it's wind of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They tried to get darker. They thought if we could only get to more darkness, it would cover our darkness. But the Lord God called to man and said, he called out to them. He said, hey, I'm here for you, even though I know where you're at. Where are you? Where's your head at now, Adam, Eve? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid. Where'd fear come from? How'd that show up in the perfect Garden of Eden? Because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? See, God had given them a choice. Delight yourself in everything and in me. Just don't do this one thing. A choice of love so they could serve him willingly, not a choice of condemnation, to be clear. So he could judge them. The man said, the woman who you gave me, guys, don't try this at home. The woman who you gave me to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. At least he owned that part. Then the Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent who deceived. Everybody's going like this. And maybe you're doing that today. I hate condemnation because I don't want to be under it. And so I'm just like, I didn't do it. The serpent deceived me. He lied. And I ate. And the Lord said, here, serpent, you're going to have this. Here, woman, you're going to have this. Here, Adam, you're going to have this. It was called consequence of sin. Back to our chapter, John 3. I hope I've proved the point with clarity now that we were condemned already. So there's no condemnation as you walk in here. Satan, Adam, Eve, your mom, your dad, your own choices took care of that long ago. 
And he says in verse 19, just look at it quick. We're just going through the text, verse by verse, word by word. And this is the judgment. Have you ever wondered what the courtroom of God looks like? I have. If I'm going to be judged one day for what I do and don't do, if I'm good or good enough, what does that courtroom look like? Well, the Bible gives us a great view right here. And this is the judgment. The light came into the world and the people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. I read that and read that and read that and read that. And this week, I wanted to break it down for you. The fact is this. Four facts about you and me. I'll put them on the screen. The fact is, we love sin habitually. I see some counselors over here. You could probably attest to that. Sin's something I just keep coming back to. And when I find one I really like, man, I could do that every day. Or multiple times a day, if it pleases me. We love to sin habitually. The second fact, right in the text, we do evil easily. Because their works were evil. It's like easy. I don't even have to try. We do evil easily. It just kind of happens. Every day it happens at my house. I raise my voice. The kids run. Woo! What happened? Anger. That's what happened. And we do it so easily. We all... This next one, everyone, it says everyone who does wicked things hates the light. Why do we hate the light? We hate restrictions naturally. If I tell you not to do something, you're going to do it. Don't go read 1 John this week. I dare you. It's too long. You'll never get through it today. Brent was reminding me, he has a little, little smaller kids than I do. And Brent was reminding me, he was like, yeah, you know, I'll tell my kid not to do something, not to touch something, not to be somewhere, right? And then, then Jax will just walk up and he'll be like, eh? No, Jax. Eh? No, Jackson. Eh? That's what we do. That's who we are. I don't want to have to stay on this black mat. I want to walk wherever I want. I want to jump off the stage and be right in front of you. We hate restrictions naturally. And last of all, this is where afraid and fear came in. You know what? We fear exposure continually. We fear that if you knew, I fear, that if you knew who I really was, if you knew the darp darkest, deepest secrets of my heart, that you wouldn't even come here today. We fear exposure continually. You do too. If I really knew who you were, would I even let you walk through the doors? These are the facts. We were condemned already. And we live by these facts. And so a lot of preachers stand up and they'll use this verse. Hebrews 9.27. Right now, let's close hard. And just as it is appointed for man once to die, after this comes the judgment. You're all going to burn. You better get right with God right now. It's all coming down if you don't. 
fear, condemnation, come to the altar. No. No. Do you know what Hebrews 9.28 says? No preacher ever quotes that. Here it is. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time. He's coming back. Not to deal with sin. Why? Because he's already dealt with it. And if you've accepted Christ, it's gone. There is no condemnation. But to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Are you ready? Are you like, can't wait till dad comes home? Woo! Are you like living in fear? Continually hoping you won't be exposed. That's the feeling of judgment right there. It's in your own head. You feel judged without even being judged by anyone. That's it. That's what I'm trying to liberate you from. That's what the gospel, what Jesus died to free you from. That right there. You no longer have to think poorly of yourself. You no longer have to think nobody loves me. Doesn't matter who loves you. Jesus loves you. That's enough. And if you know that, you'll love everyone else. Unconditionally. I want to go back through the points again. Because God loves me. Because God gave Jesus for me. Because God asks me, what an invitation, to believe. Because God offers me life forever with him. Because God wants to carry me home. Look at the last verse. But, but, you gotta love the buts in the Bible. I'm just saying. Like, come on. But, here's a couple of buts in the Bible, okay? Here they are. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, you know what? Christ died for us. Woo! All right? Ephesians 2. Right after it's like, everybody's a sinner, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. But, but, whoever does what is true, What's true? Here's what's true. I'll give it to you. There's four action words in this verse. I think you need to do every one of them. I can't make you do them. Not going to condemn you if you don't. Here's the first action word. Does right. Does what is true. Here's the first thing we need to do. Admit sin separates me from God. Can we just admit that? Can we all disagree on that? I'll admit it. Here's the truth. Sin. Thank you, Adam and Eve. If I was there, I probably would have done the same thing because I hate restrictions, all right? But I admit it. I'm separate from God because of my own sin. Second action word. Comes to the light comes to the light. Here it is. Ask Jesus to forgive you, me, to make me clean. That's what light does. Light purifies darkness. Instead of walking around like this, right? That's horrible, right? Isn't that a horrible picture? Nobody wants to look like this. But sin separates us. 
And so we're dead men walking. So much more refreshing. Ask Jesus to take off the blinders. Ask Jesus to take the black pillowcase off your head. That's what that is. Just ask him. Jesus, will you forgive me? I don't want to carry around this baggage anymore. You're like, it's not a bag. It's like, it's a blanket, you know? Like, then he'll take that too. Ask him to take it all. He'll take it all. You don't need to carry it out of here. Ask. Come to Jesus. Ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And then this, next action word, so that it may be clearly seen. You know, so is a word. That it may be clearly seen is one word in the Greek. It's like, so that it may be clearly seen. Here's what it means. It's visible. Allow us, allow God, allow the light of Jesus to shine through you. That's what cracked pots are all about, right? Vessels that have cracks in them, you know, sins. I'm on the potter's wheel and then all of a sudden there's cracks in my vessel. The bigger the crack, the more light shines through. Allow God to shine through you. Maybe even today. Then this last action word. That his works have been carried out, been carried out in God. Have been carried out. Acknowledge that Jesus wants to carry you home today. He wants that. Did you know Jesus came to church too? He's here today. And the Bible says that he's seeking, going back to and fro through the aisles, seeking someone whose heart is for the Lord. So, where's your heart at? Jesus isn't here to condemn you today. That's not who he is. If you got that from anyone else here, that wasn't Jesus in them. Jesus is here to carry you home in love. If you received any looks of love, any smiles, any hugs, any handshakes, any compassion, mercy, tenderness, love, that's Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's living out for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's happened for some of us. And we're grateful. I want to end with this verse, Romans 8, 1. I want you to leave here thinking about this verse. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The question remains, are you in Christ Jesus? That's the question. It's a real simple one. Have you ever heard of the bridge illustration? Anybody? Raise your hand if you've heard of bridge illustration. Great. Some of you guys don't know it. This will be awesome. So I'm leaving the mat. Woo! Liberated. <laughs> All right. Take that. All right, so let's let the mat, I have to cross the mat to get to God. Why? Because sin separates me. And so what I'll do is I'll try really hard. If I, could I jump the mat? Maybe if I jump the mat, I could do it. And so I'll, I'll jump the mat ah! to the chasm of doom. Or, or maybe I could get some buddies up here and you could throw me to the other side of the mat. Can you throw me that far? 220. Probably not happening. Maybe Josh Rose. Okay. <laughs> Maybe if I grab a bicycle and ride down there and jump, I could bunny hop the thing. We come up with all the, I'll just roll the corner of the mat up. 
We come up with all these ways to get across the big chasm between us when God's like, I'm here. I'm going to carry you across. You don't have to be doing that. You can if you want. Okay. Yeah. All right. So pretty soon we don't even hear him talking anymore. He's over here. He's willing to give you a ride to the other side, but you can't hear him because you're trying so hard to do it yourself. And he's not going to like hit you over the head with a two by four. You could use that to get across. No, he's, he's just carrying the cross. He's just like, hey, man, just, you want me to give her a shot? Nah, not today, okay. How about today? I'll give you a shot. Because, see, Jesus wants to just lay the cross down. And he's just going to take you by the hand or put you on his back, and he's going to walk across to the other side. That's salvation. It's not about doing good. It's not about the condemnation that we read about in the Bible, right? Don't forget about the grace. Don't forget about the love. That's the different perspective that causes me to want to desire desire Jesus. Take a second and think about it yourself. Just, Just bow your head. I don't care if you close your eyes or not. You can close your eyes if you want. But if you bow your head, at least you'll be focused on you. So think about you and God. Just you and God. No one else, not the person you came with today. Maybe you're feeling like me today. I keep trying so hard to get across, but I'm exhausted. It's never enough. And I feel so condemned, even by my own thoughts. I'm not sure that's you talking. I think that might be Satan. Just like he said to Adam and Eve, did God really say, I'm pretty sure you're not good enough to be with God in that relationship. Why don't you try to be better by eating this fruit That's the same way Satan's talking to you today. That's a bunch of hogwash. That can't be true. You should keep trying on your own. Why don't you try this next thing I have for you? Or he'll just get you defeated. I'm never going back to church again. It's too hard. Today, what I'm asking you on Easter Sunday, 2019, is to see Jesus for who he really is. That he's not condemning you, and he never has. Never once. That was you. That was Satan. That was another broken person that doesn't have Christ in them. No, he doesn't want to condemn you. He never has. He wants to carry you home. He wants to cover your sin by his blood. And so as your head's down and you're just thinking about that, you and God, and I just wonder, maybe today's the day. Maybe today's the day that you're like, yeah, I believe it. Everything you said, I was like, that was so simple, actually. I've heard that before, but like, that's the truth. I believe Jesus loves me. I believe he paid for my sin. And I believe he wants to take me home to be with him in heaven. I believe that. If you believe that, would you pray a prayer something like this? Again, it doesn't matter how I pray it. It matters if you pray it from your heart. God, please forgive me. I'm a sinner. Please take my sin away. 
please. Cover it with the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. I believe you've done that. And I no longer walk in condemnation. I'm here to serve you, to live in fellowship with you. And it's going to be a great day. Pray something like that. And then believe that Jesus has covered it all. (laughs) Maybe you prayed that prayer today. We would love to know that. We're not going to embarrass you. We want to bless you. And so we've made these little boxes. And if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, I'd love for you to have one of these. This is just a gift to you. Just like you just accepted the gift of Christ, you know, spiritually, this is kind of a physical thing. Just accept this gift. Let that be like, write it in your Bible. Like, that was the day when I grabbed that gift. That was the day spiritually Jesus came inside of me. And just take one of these with you. Has some resources in there so you can read and grow. And we just want you to grow in your relationship with Christ. It's a new thing. It's a fun thing. He's loving. And so we have these for you down front. Um, Also, we have people down here to pray with you. Whether you're celebrating something today, whether you're learning, oh, that's a sin I got to confess, whether, whatever it is, we just want this to be a house of prayer. And so there's people down here, they're willing to pray with you during this last song or after the song, whatever you want. Let this be a house of prayer because Jesus Christ is alive, amen? All right, let's pray. God, we're so grateful for you. You're everything to us. I can't explain it very well. I've tried. But you, Lord, you're good. So you open the eyes of the blind. You take the sheet off their head and you let them see that walking with you is going to be the most loving, most fun thing that they've ever done. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.